here we are again. This is Brian Garlock. We are doing the podcast now again, another episode. This one is going to be, um, I have Maddie here with me again. Um, usually she's not much help, but oh this time <laughs> she, uh, what I've noticed is when I'm talking about stuff, I kind of overestimate that everyone already knows what I'm talking about. And so I skip parts and then it doesn't make sense. So she's going to, you know, uh, help. Also, I'm going to talk about parenting uh, and she was parented by me. So she's going to have maybe some input Bluffs on. To call. What was that again? Bluffs to call, maybe. Bluffs to call. Um, I, uh, I'll be the first to admit I wasn't the best parent. But my kid didn't turn out that great anyway. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Here's the deal. There are so many wide varieties of uh, parenting, but um, you know nobody's going to come up with the best. All kids are different, but there definitely are ones that don't work, and we're going to maybe hit a few of those. I, I have a big family, and uh, I've got a, a I've got a my mom's side of the family is up in Montana, and. The parenting style up there could not be any more different than it is down here. Uh, kids, you know, I don't think they wear shoes ever during the summer. They uh, beat each other up uh, as boys growing up. They they just are let to, um, I don't know the word, and I hope that my cousins take this as a compliment because I love watching it. They, um, they get cut. And the moms basically want to know uh, what happened. That's about it, and and to go clean it up. But it's just a completely different style. Um, so I love it. And then here, you know, we there's a lot more uh, overly doing it and taking control of everything uh, that a kid does to make sure that they never do get hurt or never do go through something tough. So listen, I'm gonna use an analogy that comes from a Mormon church and the LDS church, and. Um, you don't have to be LDS. It's just like, it's like Santa. You, you know, whether you believe in him or not, you understand the, the analogy. Um, so in the LDS church, I believe that before we came to this world, we were all spirits in a the spirit world. And two men presented two plans to us. One was Christ, one was Satan. They are brothers. The plans were Satan's plan. Now remember this. Satan is the most evil person, if you're going to think of the epitome of evil, who do you think of, Maddie? Satan. Satan. First answer is correct. Good job. Um, Satan. And the funny thing about it is, his plan that he presented was that he was going to make all of us make all the right choices, uh, never sin, never uh, do anything wrong. The only deal was that he got the credit for it. So he, now now think about that. He was going to force us to be happy. And sometimes it's a little bit tough to just go, wow, that's really evil. Um, then the other plan that was thrown out there by Christ was, no, we're going to teach. We're going to give free agency. We're going to let people make choices. We're going to let them fall. We're going to let them um, make mistakes and, and learn from them, and there's no guarantees. And so the LDS Church believes that if you are here, 
on the earth if you ever did come to earth. You made the choice of free agency. You did not make the choice to be forced to um, to do everything right. Did I explain that decent? Mm-hmm. It, if you've never heard that story before, would you understand what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you got... Now, now, if you think about it, we believe... I mean, LDS people believe that that spirit that you had back then is the same one you have now. Now... I'm going to get to this in a minute, this, this part I'm talking about. But think of that. The most evil person in the world that, that we've ever learned about was going to force us to be happy, was going to force us to never make a mistake. Um, he did not want us to think. He wanted to think for us, make every decision for us. And for that, he is now the devil, Right. Christ came up with a different plan, and we've all picked it. Now, you fast forward to being born, and let's say you get all the way to the ripe old age of 19 in Utah where you have to get married. (laughs) (laughs) And you and your spouse are sitting there, and you decide, you sit down and you say, how am I going to raise our kids? How are we going to raise our kids? You know, you're going to say, are we going to spank them? Are we going to let them do sleepovers? Are we going to let them eat sugar? Are we going to let them play on Sunday? Are we going to let them drink caffeine? Are we going to let them swear? Are we going to let them do all that stuff? Or are we going to make rules? Are we going to teach them? What, what, how are we going to do it different? Now, before I really get into any of this, I want people to think just for a second, whose plan does your parenting style resemble the most? I mean, be real. I, Maddie, have you, do you have any friends that, well, don't say any names, I guess, but. <laughs> <laughs> there are just, okay. I mean, <laughs> this, is a, this is where it becomes a little frustrating to me, and I think it's pretty as simple as this sometimes. Parents are not raising kids they're raising people to learn how to be adults. See, you're going to be a kid for 18 years. You're going to be an adult for another 60. The skills that you need to be taught is how to become a successful adult, which means how to think on your own, how to make decisions, how to, to fall down and get your butt back up again and not always be looking for somebody to save the day or answer or teach you. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Am I making sense with it all? So whether you believe in that philosophy or that kind of doctrine of a religion or not doesn't really matter. But I would imagine the majority of the people in our country are Christian. And they believe that, that Christ, uh, you know, came here and that we're all doing our best and that when we mess up, we... Um, try to get some sort of repentance for it. But with all of that, there's free agency to make choices on your own. And I'm not going to lie. Just, I'm sorry I'm a little passionate about this, but I really, listen, this topic makes moms so mad. And I don't know why. It's, It's like 
you voted for this already, didn't you, um, LDS Mom? You're the one who said, I want to go down to a world where I'm taught what's right, where I'm taught where the consequences are, and then I'm given my chance to go up. And then you will not let your kid have a haircut that isn't to your exact specifications because um, that isn't his call, it's yours. Maybe that's a bad example, but I think it's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> a little biased. <laughs> no, but it it's the truth. It's parents. Now, obviously, we don't like we don't want to let kids run free and have no rules. Rules are important. You know, nobody ever said that rules weren't going to be a part of this whole thing or consequences. The whole thing was though that there's freedom. Now, when kids are little, you don't say go touch that candle over there so that you burn your finger. I mean, there's a lot of things that people can learn, but people at a, at a young age need to learn how to think, how to make their own choices and how to think. And then here, here's a, here's a, my wife and I are a combined family. Maddie, did we parent the same? Mm-hmm. Not really at all. Opposites. Complete opposite. Um, I, my kids kind of tough love. Tough love. Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. I think uh, talk a little louder into that thing. I want to hear. Hello. <laughs> say, say it again. Hello. Okay, I guess it's working. Um, you, you can hear yourself in yeah. your headphone, right? Yes. Okay. A little technical <laughs> difficulties here. Um, so, anyway. Uh, we, um, had completely different styles of parenting. Um, Maddie, go ahead and maybe bring up some types of parenting that we did at our house that might've been a little different than, um, than others. Like how, was I on your butt for your grades or for your bedtime or for your homework? I don't think you asked me one time what a grade was and... What time I'm going to bed, you'd ask me to stay up, actually, and I don't know. I feel like I never got grounded once. I mean, well, I was I a great kid. Home with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I really didn't. I remember asking you guys to stay up late with me yeah. on school. Or miss school. Yeah. Or miss school to go to snowboarding. Yeah. But you kind of knew that you'd have to get up in the morning or make up for whatever you did. So there wasn't a big... Um, now, I'm not going to say that I didn't crack the whip a few times because, well, not a real whip. I never hit my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a couple times, but never hit them. But um, this, this, this thing I'm talking about doesn't say that there's no um, ever a need to show some emotion. If you go back to the Bible again, uh, the story of Christ does snap when he shows up to the temple and all that's going on, he gets very mad. Um, that's not saying that that's eliminated, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, man, I did it. I did it probably more often than um, than I probably would again. But I also, one of the main things I tried to do is to make sure that the kids knew where the line was. And if you didn't cross it, then they weren't going to hear from me too much. But, I mean, negatively. But uh, 
anyway, that uh, Maddie did. So go ahead. Do you have any other any other ones that um, that you remember being maybe a little different? Like what? Like come on, help me out. Well, like uh, did we we had consequences? Yeah, were, I feel like you were really like. You let us do as much as we, like, you would give us as much rope to, like, hang ourselves with. You know what I'm saying? That's, like, a saying for you, wouldn't it? But, yeah, you let us do what we wanted to do. But when we hit that point, it was, like, you let us know. Yeah. There's an analogy I use quite a bit, and it's, uh, it's a police officer pulling you over. Now, Maddie, you're going to be the, you're going to be the fast driver okay. it's speeding okay okay i'm gonna be the cop okay okay so i walk up knock in your window tell you to roll oh, in your window Please. i say um <laughs> ma'am do you have any idea how fast you were going Ooh. well let me tell you way over the speed limit uh is there something about you that's special or something because you're putting a lot of lives at risk and um and, well, let's see, what else did he say? Like, uh, this kind of stuff could, uh, I mean, he's saying real stuff, mm-hmm. but he gives you a chew out, right? Mm-hmm. And what do you say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I mean, a couple tears stream down Yeah, you face. fake a few tears. Yeah. Okay. Now, he goes, this is horrible, and I'm really, I'm really maddened, and, but, I'm, but I'm going to let you off the hook this time. Mm-hmm. But I want you to know that... What you're doing is extremely selfish and whatever. And he goes back to his car and drives away. Now, are you just heartbroken? No. Probably not. You just went, did I really not get a ticket? Yeah. Now, cop number two. Hey, ma'am, how you doing? Wow, it seems like you're in a bit of a hurry today, are you? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's crazy, yeah. Yeah, you know, we need to keep these freeways safe, so I'm going to go ahead and give you a ticket. Uh, it's going to cost you about 150 bucks, but, you know, we really need to keep people safe out here, and especially you. You know, I don't want anything to happen to you, so I'm going to give you this ticket. I'm going to go write it up real quick. I'll bring it right back, and uh, uh, after that, I hope you have a great day. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. The worst. He was but it was, it was great. He was nice as can be. Yeah. Which one changes your behavior number two what well what am i gonna say he was so nice to me where's the power is it in his chew out or is it in where is it the consequence the consequence which is the ticket yeah the money your insurance that is where the power right yeah is nobody cares about a chew out Mm -hmm. um now if you take that into parenting how does that how does that translate into parenting? Um, I feel like as a kid, like you kind of get used to the chew outs. Like if anything, it's just kind of like you're sitting there, like when are they going to leave my room so that I can go back to doing with what I was? But with the other way, it's like they're not bugged, you know, and they're giving you the consequence. They're like, oh, sorry, like you messed up, but and I wish you could. I wish it didn't have to happen like this, but and it all stings for you because you're like, they're not bugged, like. You know, so. So, if you and I sat down, you're 16 years old, and we had a talk, and I said, here's the rules of our house. 
you come home at midnight, you, um, I, I don't know, you have a certain GPA, mm-hmm. you... Um, Listen, I mean, you would know Spawn did, but if we did. I mean, who really cares? <laughs> but, but we have rules, and I say, now if you don't come home, the consequence is that you lose your iPhone for a, for a day. Um, if you swear, you pay five bucks to the swear jar. If you, um, what I mean, whatever. We come up with these consequences, right? Mm-hmm. And you say, yeah, but Dad, what if I do good? And I go, oh, that's a good point. Well, okay, how about this? If you get a 3.5 or higher, I get you a new pair of shoes or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So we're sitting here having this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And we're hammering out all of these rules, consequences, expectations, just like the previous life we voted for. Remember that. We voted for it. Got it all laid out. Mm-hmm. How about one of them is, um, what's one? Uh, if I, let's see, I'm trying to think of rules. Why, why am I having a hard time? Probably because we didn't have a, a, a super bottom one. But what if, what if one what of them... What about room clean? Okay, if your room is a mess on Saturday, you're grounded until it's clean. So grounded, okay? I would have been grounded every day. You would, you'd still be grounded. So, <laughs> anyway. So, Saturday morning comes. Your room's a mess. Do I need to be cop A and walk in there and go, Gosh dang it, this is my house. You made this a complete mess. I'm sick and tired of your attitude, you you little snotty teenage kid. Now get up and clean this thing and rah, 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 rah. Right? Mm-hmm. Or I walk in and go, oh, dang it. You're grounded. That sucks so bad. I know that you wanted to go do this today, and now you can't. Ah, I, can't. I wish you would have thought through this a little bit, forward, but you're not going anywhere. So, dang. Have a good day. Oh, okay? So How about this one? You come home late from school, from, from a date. And it's, you lose your iPhone. Do I need to, this one I did uh, in the past snap because uh, I don't like uh, worrying about you at nighttime. I didn't, you know, when you were, I can't, couldn't care less now. But anyway, um, it was, it was, if it was like you lose your iPhone, same thing. You walk in the door, dang, I know you like to uh, listen to music at night, but you need to hand over your iPhone. I'm so sorry, but you're late and that's how it works. Oh, if it's a consequence. That's the consequence. There was no chew out. Didn't need one. Now, I can hear, out of all of my 12 listeners, (laughs) maybe 13 if my mom listens, um, parents are saying this. Yeah, but but they need it. They don't know it's serious if it doesn't work. It do, this is the thing that is just so crazy. Not only does it not work, you don't believe in it in the first place. I swear to you, I've had this argument so many times with so many parents, and I swear if God came down from heaven and looked them in the face and said, your chew-outs, your yelling sessions, your whatever that does not work, they would fight God on that. <laughs> they would say, yeah, but you don't get, you don't get my daughter. I'm not, I'm not, 
I um, this one is just so hard for me because it works so well. Kids do not want to be failures, and they don't want to be in trouble, but they need a consistent. Uh, they don't need rules being made by your mood that day. They need to be already set, consequences laid out, and then let them think. Okay, here's a quick story. My uh, son, Hayden, he uh, he did something. I can't remember what he did, but I, I was really pretty upset at him. And like I said, we're a split family, and so he um, went over to his mom's house. Well, I was so mad at him that I was just sticking to my guns because I needed to teach him a lesson. Well, my wife said to me, well, you know, Brian, he's he's just not going to come back. He'll just live over there. You you can't just parent him like this because he doesn't have to stay here if he doesn't want to. So I backed way off. And I couldn't believe the response that I was getting out of him by backing off of the jump in his case by teaching him more so why I was upset, what the what the consequences uh, 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 could turn into. And um, I could not believe the relationship and how it improved. Now, um, I had the same opportunity with Kathy because her son Hayden, her, yeah, we had two Haydens, and um, her son Hayden came up to us. We were sitting at a Davis High football game, and there's a ladder you know, the ladder that goes up on top of the roof at Davis High. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Mom, you see that ladder over there? Um, I want to go climb it and get on the roof. Now, he's like a senior in high school. And his mom is the nicest human in the whole world. She's She doesn't do the get mad and any of that stuff. But what she does do is, what she did do is like kind of make a lot of decisions for the kids at, at times. And that's why we're a good combination now. But... She said, no, no, you can't do that. You'll get in trouble. You cannot climb on the roof of Davis High School. And he's like, come on, Mom, I want to see what's up there. So I intervened, and I said, go, Aiden. Go climb up there. Go get up on the roof. Go tell us how it is. And he's like, really? I'm like, yep, go for it right now. Well, well, do you think I'll get in trouble? Probably. I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> go for it. Make your own cup. Oh, I'm going to. Okay, see ya. Let us know how it goes. But... I might get like suspended or something, right? You, you might. You really might. But oh, then maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't. And it was fascinating how, how when you turned it back over to the kid, they do make good decisions. Listen, if it's all about making the parents, like making sure the parents aren't mad, if that's the only thing that the kids are worried about, parents aren't going to be around forever. I love it when parents say, my kid will never um, do anything inappropriate with a girl because I took all the blankets out of the living room. What? <laughs> I'm down there. I have a camera in my living room, so nothing. Well, guess what they do in their car then? <laughs> I mean. Um, I think sneakiness like also plays a part in it For like sure. when parents are just i mean not too relaxed but the more they're like hovercrafts it's like some things are fun to do just because your parents don't want you to do them and like when they take that away and they're like you can 
if you want to and how would they take that okay go ahead how would they i'm saying like that's kind of a hard one because that one can really like no but if 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 i came up here and said listen i don't want you drinking alcohol yeah but i know i'm not around all the time and i know you can get your hands on it yeah um but let's talk about what it could what it could end up happening yeah and then we start talking about you could get in an accident you could, uh, I mean, there's just an endless list of things. Yeah, like making sense to the kid as to why, like, you're making that rule. makes Instead of it being, like, a rule, like, you cannot drink alcohol. It's more of, like, you know, think of all the bad things. Your scholarship could get taken away. Think of if you got in a car with someone, you know. Think of your brain that's not developed yet, you know. Then for the kid, it's more like, ooh, I have something to lose and it's less of a rule, more like, oh, my parent loves me, and alcohol's probably not. But if the parent says, in my house there's no drinking, and I will make sure it doesn't happen, then all the kid has to, all the kid is really thinking about is, if I can get away with it, I'm going yeah, to. How can I pull it off? If you talk to your kids about sex or whatever, and you say, listen, I can't keep any of that from happening, but here's the deal. If you get somebody pregnant, if you get an STD, if 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 the kids think past just getting in trouble, they make such good decisions. I've got kids in these group homes that that they run away. Well, they usually make it to the end of the block, and then they turn around and they go, oh, my gosh, now what? Because all they thought about was the rule, breaking the rule. You're not supposed to run away. They didn't think past that. But if a kid would say, I feel like running away – Say, okay, well, let's talk about that. If you did run, and I couldn't catch you. You're faster than me, and you could get away. But where are you going to sleep tonight? And you can't go to your parents because then they'd get in trouble for keeping you. And then, then you're helping them. You're educating them. And then you're saying, now, if you want to run, it's up to you. I feel like you did that with me for coming home late. Like, I was so mad at you because my curfew was midnight, and other people's were later than mine, and... I'd roll up in the driveway at 12.15, and you would be pissed, and I couldn't figure it out, and then you told me, you're like, when 12 hits, like, I'm sending the army out for you, because what if you're in somebody's trunk, like, what if you're hurt, what if your jeep rolled, you know, and then to me, it was like, oh, you're right, like, (laughs) if I'm hurt, if I want my dad to send the army for me, so... It, like, changed my thoughts from being, like, my dad is such a jerk for making me come home at 12 to being, like, oh, this is a really good plan, and I'm going to stick with it. And then from then on out, like, curfew was a big thing to me. I wanted to be safe, and I wanted my dad to know where I was. So the thing that changed your mind was a little bit of an explanation. Yeah. This is why I get so mad. Yeah. Um, and that is a lot of times what kids are lacking. Why do you care if I drink? Why do you care if I'm home late? Why do you care if I climb up that ladder? Um, and... That education, that that is, it. You know, think of this. I'm gonna go a little LDS on you. <laughs> this is a religion podcast. It kind of has a little LDS twist, but I got the real. I got the feeling that people will get it. Um, here's a here's a little. That spirit that decide. I mean, I would imagine that the majority of the spirits that decided. You know, if you believe in this story, to come down here. And not be told what to do every second, not be controlled, have the right to make a decision. Think of it. The other plan is guaranteed happiness. All it needed was 
was that you didn't get the credit for, but it was guaranteed happiness. And and they said no. So now you've got a. That's a spunky spirit, right? That's that's a fireball right there. That's somebody who's like, I'm going to make figure out how to make myself happy by by me making good choices. Then that kid gets born to you. Remember, same same little spirit in him, right? Or her. And then you start helicopter parenting him to death, and you wonder why you're in a constant fight. And the craziest thing about it is when you talk to parents, the rules and the compliance are more important than anything else, and that does not make any sense. Listen, they if, if many of you remember this, they had boot camps. They had scared straight programs, and it was where... They would send these kids to prisons and the prisoners would get up in their faces and then they'd get these military guys and they would basically they would line up everywhere they went. They followed every rule. They'd bounce up to every whistle or whatever. And everyone loved it because the kids were so compliant. Why were the kids compliant? Do you know why, Matt? Were they scared? Scared to death. <laughs> they were scared straight. But what was going on in their gourd? What was going on in their head that were they saying Wow, this is so fun to be straight. No, they say, I'm doing this because this enormous guy is yelling in my face with <laughs> tattoos all over it, and he's going to kill me if I don't. But I'll tell you what, the second I get out of here and I'm able to think I'm, I'm never talking to my parents again, and I'm never... And I think that TV show had like one season of like six episodes, and at the end it was like, this kid ended up... He kept shoplifting, and this kid, you know... No success stories. <laughs> It was an absolute disaster, and I don't even know how to pound this point anymore because I know there are just parents out there saying, yeah, but this is just a big part of it. They need to be yelled at. What about the kids that are like, I mean, they are rebels. What about the the rebellious kids? Rebellious kids. Think about this. Okay, what what about if you're knee-deep in rebellion, you've been the helicopter parent, then what? Stop being it. Look at this. And then the kid just goes wild? Why would he go wild? I'm asking you. No, I because you were... there's concert. Look, what about the person who decides not to pay their bills? What happens? Does the banker call up and go, I am so mad at you. promised you were going to pay me and you didn't, dang it. What, does that happen? No. No, they, they give you a dinging credit report. Your interest no, rates go up. What if, like, it's hard to watch your kids get hurt, like... You know, what if alcohol is a thing and they drink and you're freaking out? Like, you don't want your kid to get in a DUI. Like, you don't. And yeah. you're right. And and that's such a good point because it isn't easy. It is so much easier to dictate every, every move they make. Every little freaking move they make. <laughs> it's easier. And to not let them think. Well, here's the deal. If you never let your kid have a sleepover, if you never let them... Um, well, sleepovers were, I think, sleep. You didn't let us. Really. Okay, here. This is what this is what I mean. Is for example, if somebody wants to drink, I can say this is my house. We don't drink here. Mm-hmm. That's my, the rule. Is you don't live here if you drink here, right? Okay. I could say the rule is that there's no sleepovers here. Mm-hmm. We don't like it. We've had too many. But what I'm saying is, if how do you expect your kids to handle situations as adults when they never got taught how to be those adults when they were kids? So you need to say, 
I, I, I don't hate the rule of you never have to be um, no sleepovers. I mean, I work, I make a living off of kids being sexually abused by their, you know, by their nephews and their, um, or their uncles or whatever. So I get that part. But if you're doing that with everything, how is the kid ready to be an adult? I mean, we're teaching them how to be adults. We've got to put them through the experiences where they learn how to handle them, or they're never going to be able to be adult. They're going to, they're going to. So, are you saying like to put down ground rules that are explained to your kids, and when they, and they fall on their face, then on their you're face. just going to say, "Oh, yes. darn it!" What did you do on the soccer field when a move stopped working? Stop doing Stopped it. doing it. <laughs> He quit doing it. Yeah. There was no payoff anymore. Yeah. You just you. I need to do a new. I move. just I just think it's scary for those big things. Like as the kids get into some deeper water, those get scarier for parents. You know, I I mean I'm not a parent, but I just can't imagine. No, it's no, it's super scary. It's it's like I said, it's a lot easier to be a helicopter parent. Now I wouldn't stand by and let you shoot up. Yeah, heroin. you didn't do. Yeah, I wouldn't, you would. I wouldn't, you would. I would. I would come in and say hold fire we're not i mean i'm not going to let you hit rock bottom i'll yeah. raise the bottom a little bit so they hit a little sooner mm-hmm. but but as a whole the whole mentality of teaching your kids the consequences teaching them the reasons for rules teaching them the benefits of following the rules and then letting them go you're teaching them how to be adults and that's what they need more than they don't need to learn how to be little kids. They're going to be kids for not very long. Um, so the biggest thing that you would want to do is teach them how to think. Here's a quote of somebody like, uh, if we're always guided by other people's thoughts, then what's the point of having our own? Um, such a good point. And I think sometimes religion can get in the way of that a little bit. Um, any religion that is taking away any of your ability to make your own choices uh that's not the point of it and sometimes that that can creep in and um we never end up being getting the potential or becoming the person that we could have become um had we been able to think on our own and honestly i know people my age who still go to their parents um and almost get permission to buy a new car and i'm 50 you know it's like and i know parents I got the best mom in the whole world. She's the coolest lady. It, she, and I sometimes have to tell her, I've made it to 18 three times. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, we're, we're, we're good friends now. We're not, you know, I don't need to be grounded again. Uh, if you're disappointed in, I have a tattoo on my, uh, arm and, uh, she told me that arm is not going to make it to heaven, but <laughs> anyway, uh, I, a mistake should be a teacher, not an attacker. A mistake is a lesson, not a loss. It's a temporary, necessary detour, not a dead end. And that makes uh, a lot of sense. One thing I wanted to talk to you about, Maddie, is that um, parents, we're, ge- we're going to get into a couple of examples, but Parents think they have control in some areas, but they really don't. And they have way more control in areas, or let's say impact in more areas, 
than they than they really believe that they do. Do you can you think of an example where you looked at me and thought you really think you have control of that, but you don't, and where you could look at me and say, Dad, if you had any idea how much impact that had on me, you'd have done it more. Can you think of any of those? I don't know. I think for me, it was just the times where you would get so mad and like, I don't know, like yelling for me, unless it was a time that like I actually knew I needed it and I was wrong. I felt like it didn't work. Like, I don't know, just like the hardcore pressing, I guess, made me just be like, okay, when is this going to be over so I can get on with my night or whatever. But the times where it was like, I did hit that bottom and you did come and like sit on my bed and like talk me through it. Or even just like when I came home from school and you said like, how was your day? And even the little things like a text or just like, how's it going? Like, I hope you sleep good. Like I was thinking about you today. Like those things like a million times bigger than like the chew outs, which I know chew outs need to happen, but I don't know. Those are just the things I remember the most. That's, uh, that's good examples. I think um, I've been with kids before when parents have just sent them a text saying, hope you have a good day. I don't think, I don't think parents have any idea how powerful that stuff is. And then I hear parents um, say things like, well, you'll never do, you know, this happens at work all the time. You'll never get away with this. One time we had a staff who jingled his key, car keys <laughs> at, at a kid and said, Oh, yeah? Well, I'm the one who gets to go home at night and you're stuck here. Well, that kid <laughs> stole the kid, stole that staff's car and drove it all the way to the University of Utah, decided to urinate in the uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, called us to uh, come pick him up. So uh, sometimes you feel like you have all the control. You really don't. But then when you really want to impact your kid's behavior – there are so many little things that parents can do that they that they blow off because they feel like you know there's a thing that's you're not you're not a friend you're the parent well that I I believe that gets pushed a little too far because friends keep each other in line too they respect each other too and I think when you're just always putting that big divide in between you and your parent you, you feel like. That's the only way to have respect. That's crazy. That's crazy. It, it, you don't need to have this mild gap that I'm in control here. I run the show here. You're always wrong. I'm always right. I'm the smart one. You're the young one. Um, I mean, it sounds good, but it doesn't work. Sitting a kid down, just like a friend, if a friend was going through something difficult, and a friend sits you down and says, listen, I think you're on the wrong path. I think you're making some choices that aren't very good. Listen, if you keep doing this, I, you're going to end up, you know, this could happen, this could happen. This That's coming from a, a friend friend. That exact conversation could come from a parent. And and what? Is that being too friendly as a parent? I, I, I think error on the side of being a friend to your kids. Then. And you know what? I know that half the parents that are listening to this have just pulled their hair out. But take a look at the re relationship you're having with your kid. Is it working? Are, are you fighting all the time? Is the whole goal in your home to be right and to have compliance? If it is, your kid's going to leave and 
then you're not in control at all. And they don't need to visit you. They don't need to have a relationship with you again. And I promise you, a lot of them, just like the kids on boot camp, are thinking, I can't wait to get out of this house because I never want to deal with my parents again. Um, I think as a kid, you can have respect for your parents, but also, like, feel close enough to, like, tell them anything. Or, like, even now when I get, like, good news, like, you're one of, like, obviously the first people I call. Like, and it's always been like that, even through, like, the hard things, like... I need to call my dad right now. And I've been with my friends, like, even in high school. Like, it was funny because me and Ash, whenever we'd get in trouble, we'd be on the phone with our parents and everyone's like, what are you doing? But we're like, no, 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 they can get us out of this. Like, they can help us. And so it felt like more like an ally than, like, because, like, even though, like, maybe you would set us down and be like, seriously, you lit a fire up where you're not supposed to be trespassing. Like, that literally happened to me, but... You sat, like, I literally had to go to court. I had to sit there. And it was embarrassing for me. And I don't think you once said, like, you just were, like, you're an idiot. Like, that's all you said. But I literally had to be embarrassed myself through, like, the natural consequence of things. And, like, I didn't need you to be, like, oh, my, why would you be out there? Because I already had it from the cops. I had it from the judge. Like, I don't know. But it was, you were the first person I was going to call. So, and I don't think being a friend is a bad thing. Like, parents should always be in your corner they should be your friend and if they need to lay down the law they should but one of the things with you was that I never wanted you to do that like I wanted to always well keep a friendship between us um I always wanted to make you proud um like when I would think of doing something bad I'm like oh but thinking of my dad having to switch to that like mean parent which I know he doesn't want to that's like uncomfortable for me and for him so like, I don't want to do that. It wasn't, I wasn't scared of your punishment necessarily, which like, whatever, but I just didn't want you to have to do that. Here's your hundred bucks. Don't wait. <laughs> that was very nice. Thanks, Maddie. I, I can't tell you how many relationships between parents I've seen end over, not end, but um, be damaged over a haircut or over... Um, a kid getting caught looking at pornography or those are obviously things that you know parents want to draw the line on but it's not a relationship ender they the kid needs a parent and, and, and needs support through that and too often parents are like well that's the that's how it is and, and that's how it's going to and that that becomes the most important part i think that one thing to always remember in my opinion is that um we all blow it bad as parents. <clears throat> We're with these kids way too long. They keep us awake at night from the very beginning when they come into this world to, I mean, they actually don't contribute a ton until they're 30. <laughs> and you really are constantly worried about them and, and uh, sad for them and mad at them, and you respond poorly. I, I'll, I'll give you a few of them. Um, I love my kids as much. I'm a, I'm over the top dad and always have been. We we kind of did things a little, you know, for Halloween we would do forty pumpkins, not five, <laughs> and we'd use a chainsaw. And uh, you know, we would on birthdays. You know, I'd rent I rent Maddie a limo and had all of her friends go get, go get their nails done. Not makeovers. Makeovers. Yeah, <laughs> even there was a piece of crap a limo too, but. Um, I, I've always been because I, I love my kids. I've never I, I've never understood parents that don't just love the opportunity to get to 
Um, I'm lucky that way. But um, I I have been in boats where, like, I'm sitting here with Maddie. Um, she's obviously a person who I care a ton about. But, like, I remember her not um, <clears throat> listening to me about how to wrap her leg or how to warm it up before a game because I no longer was smart enough to be a, <laughs> give her any advice because she now plays for a big shot team. And I remember her walking away and me looking at her thinking, I hope you tear your leg off, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's me saying um, one time it was her birthday party. We had a big surprise party. Maddie had a little bit of an attitude. She was 16. Weren't you turned 16? Yeah. And very typical of a of a – a daughter, she was nervous. It was nighttime. I don't know if she thought we forgot about her party, but we had a big surprise party. And anyway, I got, I had it with something, and I just laid it out. You, just so you know, we have we have a surprise party, and you blew the whole thing. My reaction was like a ten, and it maybe needed to be a two. Like, and I blew it. Like blew it, blew it. Um, I, I was. I was in Denver, Colorado one time. <laughs> Maddie was playing one of the biggest, uh, one of the highest ranked teams in the nation. I actually think at the time they were the number one team in the nation. Yeah. We flew to Denver just for this one game. Well, we'd go there like, that was like we our fifth like weekend three, in Denver. Yeah, we would go week, weekend after weekend for one game and, to Denver. And so I'm feeling like a pretty good dad <laughs> flying out there every weekend. And, uh, and Maddie... Um, I'm standing on the sideline, and I remember she ran past me, and you know, soccer sidelines, I everybody's standing there together, and I'm and I go, come on, Maddie, let's go, let's go, or something like that, and she turned around and she said, uh, "Shut up." Well, <laughs> well. In my defense, I immediately was like, "Well, hold, hold fire," <laughs> because I had. Mount St. Helens going on in my head. If I would have gotten a hold of her, uh, I don't even, you know, I could not believe, I was so, it was so lucky it was first half because by the time the game was over, I'd calmed down and she sprinted up to me and said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Either. And de-escalated the whole thing. So I only smacked her like three times. But, <laughs> but uh, I wanted her to suffer, you know? I was so mad at her. And, and it's just not when they're, um, I mean, it's, how irrational is that? Madison one time in the Leighton Hills Mall would not get out. She wanted some gumballs or something. And I had Hayden and he was crying. He was like how old were two. Yeah, he was like two, yeah. you were probably six. Okay. And Hayden was crying and you wanted a gumball and I had it. And so I was taking you to the car. Now, now think of this. I'm 30-something, they're six, and two, or four, or whatever, four, probably, I bet it was three and five, somewhere like that, and Maddie was crying, so she was so mad at me, she walked past this parking strip of rocks, and picked one up, and I thought, oh, good, she loves rocks, and bugs, and all this stuff, so she got her focus changed, she picked up this rock, and was looking at it, whatever, I put Hayden in his car seat, I put her in her car seat, Buckle up, get in the driver's seat, put put my seatbelt on, and whammo. <laughs> that rock, she hit me right in the back of the head with her rock. She picked up the rock, premeditatedly <laughs> threw it, and hit me in the head because she was so mad at me. And here's the deal. Now remember, she's five. I'm, if, 
if my seatbelt <laughs> wasn't on, or if I would have had to not open two doors to get to her, <laughs> that was just enough time for me to actually not be a really stupid dad. But four, five years old, <laughs> and I'm 30 years old. And what my point is in all this is that we all make mistakes, and we all blow it. And we always will blow it. And um, this is this is what my advice would be: go in their bedroom, sit down on their bed, and say you blew it. That doesn't make you weak. To say you know what I overreacted. I sorry for sorry for I, you know there's nothing wrong with I think explaining the the reason I got so upset, but I got I I reacted too strong. You know I I was mad that you were home late. Because I do worry about you, but I want about it too hard. There is nothing that makes kids um, that they they will never see you as more weak when that happens. Um, and you know I've had to do it quite a bit. I've I've blown it with my kids quite a few times, and uh, to to sit down and do that um, is is just an important thing from you know for the rest of your life. And when we talk about it, we're teaching them how to become good adults. That's a skill that everybody needs to learn. Um, I want to go just into um, taking that one more thought into, um, we talked a little bit about sex, um, alcohol. I want to talk about one more part, and that is uh, suicide and and parenting when it comes to that. Um, That's probably the number one call I get from parents that they're worried about their kid becoming suicidal and that they need help in dealing with them. And if you take this same pattern that we've been talking about for the last however long and apply it to that, here's the truth, and it's hard to hear, but you don't have control over your kid taking his life. I don't care how many knives you take. I don't care how many guns you take out of your house. I don't care about your medications that you hide. Kids need, I'm not going to give ideas, but they, they, they don't need much. And they can do it in really easy ways in their bedroom anytime they want. You do not have control over that. We want to pretend like we do and say, well, I'm never going to let that happen. In a previous podcast, we talked about how suicide becomes... A, real, a best friend to somebody, and they always know that they can go to it and end all their pain. Well, why would you take that friend away? And I know this is so counterintuitive to say, so you you would say to your kid that you can kill yourself? Well, when did you ever think that you had that power to stop them anyway? That they can they can have sex. They can drink alcohol. They can run away. They can. They can. Our job is to help them make better choices and think through things and, and understand, um, understand what, what uh, the best decisions are possibly and the best outcomes. And then it helps them make better decisions. But we're not in control. You do not have that clout. And I know it. And it makes people so mad to hear that, but if if you have a suicidal kid on your hand, to walk into his room and say, 
just so you know, there's no knives and there's no guns and there's no medication. So, well, if that's his best friend and you just walked in and pretended like you took it away from him, that isn't usually going to end up in a good outcome. They're going to want to make sure they still have their friend. And the way you make sure is to figure out if you can still have a way to kill yourself. So here's what it is, just like everything else. When you sit your kid down and say, these are the consequences to having sex, these are the consequences to drinking alcohol or smoking weed or skipping school, this is what's going to happen if you ended up killing yourself. I want you to know I would be devastated because we all love you to death. There's no way we can take this away from you, but is there any way we could postpone this and try some things first? Can we work together first? Maybe... Maybe let's do a gym pass together. Maybe let's spend some time on, and and uh, who knows what. It, and it almost doesn't matter. But spend some time and some energy, and because to say our house is clear, you're not. There's no way to do it. Is a very dangerous thing to say, even if even though it may make you feel like you can sleep better at night. To sit them down and say, this is what would happen. Let's talk about, it's like the kid who goes AWOL and gets to the end of the street and goes, wow, I didn't think past this. How many of those people, well, that documentary that just talked about the people who lived after they jumped off the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, they all said the same thing. The ones that lived said the second they jumped, they regretted it. And, and um, So are you saying that by talking with your kid about it, I feel like bringing it up is not a bad thing. Like, it won't make them want to do it more. Does not plant the seed. That has been very well proven. To sit your kid down and say, you seem very sad. Yeah, I am. I just want to know, have you contemplated taking your life? Your kids are not going to go, oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. They're not. If they have thought about it, then they have. If they haven't, then they haven't. But you're not going to introduce an idea to them that is going to... Parents need to not be afraid to bring that up, are you? I've thought about it a few times. Okay, listen, let's start, let's start talking about what would happen if that happened. What, you know, let's, let's just think of your mom for a minute. Let's think of your kids for a minute. Let's talk about um, uh, whatever else, but more than just a minute of, of pain that instantly went away, let's talk about a little further down the road, what would it, what would happen? Let's help you make a better choice. Um, but I I hate I to summarize this whole thing. I hate, we don't have as much control, and we when I'm talking about the LDS, we're if 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 we're going to go off of what the LDS religion believes, that was a choice you made before you even came here. You decided nobody's going to force me to do anything. So no matter how bad it rubs you wrong right now, um, that, that, that's why you're here. And to have that mentality a little bit more, whether you believe in that religion or not, it doesn't taking people's free agency completely away and making every decision for them and treating them like they're five all the way up to their 18 you did them a huge disservice because they're not ready to be an adult now. And that's what they needed. They needed to learn how to be an adult, not a kid. So 
Uh, I do appreciate Maddie helping me on this because, you know, I look back on a lot of things I did as a parent and I regret them. I look back on a lot of them and go, wow, that actually looked really good, but it was actually more because I was lazy, I think. Um, like when they say you you were pretty um, free with checking on our grades and stuff, I, I just actually never learned how to do it. And so, But it ended up, they all ended up with great grades. They all ended up being really successful people, and I and I think we all stumbled upon that a little bit in some ways. But I blew it as, as many times as any adult out there has, and to sit your kid down, and to let them know that you're sorry, and that you're doing your best as a parent because it's your first time too. Um, some of this sounds a little bit like you're becoming friends with your kids, and and like I said, I I would err that way a little bit. So. If I see you out on the town and you ignore me and you uh, say there's the guy who thinks that the kids should run guy. amok, <laughs> uh, that's not the case. Because back to my family up in, up in Montana that everyone knows they're from a very young age. You make your decisions. If, if you decide to not wear shoes like none of them do, you, the stickers you get are your problem. And they learn that from a young age, and they probably have one of the tightest families that uh, I've ever known. They they grow together, they learn together, they they are just they go through super difficult times together, and and there's just a lot of love there. It's not a big power trip. And uh, anyway, um, Maddie, you have anything to add? Just don't be afraid to be friends with your kid. They will love and respect you no matter what. Like, they know you're, like, you're a parent. They know that. But sometimes letting go of the reins helps. Like, the parents have kind of already won the war. They yeah. they already have the cloud. They know. Yeah, the kid knows. But it's more powerful to want to impress your parents than to be scared of them. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, that will wrap that one up. Um, another edition of the podcast now. And until next time, be safe.